Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Here we are on the Mike Abadir Show, and we are just one week away from the start of the NFL season. We are going to have, is this our fourth, Mike, our fourth preview that we've done like this? Where this we've is done the a, fourth preview. Prediction? I can't wow, believe it. Wow, we're getting old. As it's uh, been our four years now where we've been uh, together on the Mike Abadir Show, and we are going to be setting you up for the NFL season again. And Mike, you can probably hear a little bit of excitement in my voice. That's because the Dodgers finally finally have come to the top of the division now the giants won today so they are how cool is this they are deadlocked dodgers giants two best records in baseball they both uh come in to a friday series a three-game series tied and that series will end up um having one team you know in the lead heading into next week and it's just a couldn't really ask for the dodgers to come right together with the Giants at a more perfect time as they head into a massive three-game series coming up this weekend starting on Friday. So between uh, the Dodgers, I'm excited, but a lot of this show is going to be NFL in our our NFL preview. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, leading off with the Dodgers, I think is appropriate because the biggest sports uh, event during the weekend is going to be up in San Francisco, the Dodgers versus the Giants. Yeah, there's some college football going on, and obviously we're warming up and gearing up for opening kickoff for the NFL season. But I'm curious your thoughts, Gino, as to who do you feel the pressure is more so on? The Giants for giving up One the lead? Million or the Dodgers percent the Giants. Savings? One now, million. I'm going to have an, an opposite take, but I want to hear yours first, and then I'll go. Yeah, I think... Why, well, why the Giants? Just because they... They played and overachieved so much this year, so much this year. Like you look at them too, and a lot of the numbers and the things we 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 kept want, we kept waiting for this exactly to happen for the Giants. Now, um, I think their arms are done. I don't think they're these guys, the Gaussmans and the DeScalafinis and guys like that are going to be able to sustain. Logan Webb was incredible again today. He's been just phenomenal. But I don't trust them moving forward. It's just sort of law of averages, right? Do you trust a lot of the best players to kind of, you know, play to their averages? Or do you trust players that are overachieving to continue to do that? Um, in baseball, you never know because baseball is different, I think, than some of the other sports. Like, Guys can have a great, great year and then just have a horrible year the next year, and it's not even that that strange for it to happen. But I think that coming into this weekend now, they got to feel like, oh, crap. You mean we we have the best record in baseball and we're still not ahead of them? We did everything we could this year, and they're still right here again? And, oh, crap, this weekend, they asked Gabe Kapler what the starting – uh, rotation is going to look like he said there might not be one yeah the only listed starting pitcher this weekend is Anthony DiScalfini tomorrow against uh, David Price so the, he's got to figure out the chess match against the two hottest pitchers maybe in the National League in Urias and Walker Bueller 
Yeah. Uh, Bueller is getting a lot of the accolades, by the way, as he should. But man, Urias has been lights out. So five and zero, right since, under the radar uh, too. Like you said, like, yeah. You know, because people want to talk about you talk about Scherzer, you talk about Kershaw, obviously, you talk about Bueller, who is probably going to win the Cy Young, and then obviously with everything going on with Bauer this year, people you talk about. But Dustin May got hurt. Urias has kind of been the quiet guy, and yes. who was the guy standing strong? At the end of the World Series last year, when the Dodgers exactly won, right. You know? exactly right. Exactly right. The kid's still young. Got to remember how old he was when he came up in the bigs. I mean, he's got a lot of experience for a very young age right now. I think he's, I think he's really, really found a groove, found a spot in a loaded rotation. I mean, I think that this rotation is going to be in good shape for years to come because of their youth and dominance already. But back to the series. So I'm going to take an opposite take. And I knew you were going to say that. And all of your reasons are very sound. They make a lot of sense. But hear me out on this. The Giants are kind of playing on house money right now. And nobody in the world thought they'd have very true wins on September uh, 2nd, 3rd, whatever, right? Here's the thing. The Dodgers were probably very frustrated for a long time in that they're winning and that this team that's not supposed to continues and the to win <laughs> and their fans <laughs> yeah, yeah and their fans so here's the question i have for you let's play this out on monday okay monday morning let's just say the dodgers sweep if you're a capler you'd be like hey we're okay we've been in first the whole year this is our first road bump that we've had all season long and it happens to coincide with us playing the best two teams in the national league it wasn't our week let's get back to giants baseball now the Giants sweep the Dodgers. I'd be a little bit more concerned because then it becomes 100% agree with you, right? I'd be more concerned because then I'd be like, well, we've done everything we can. And this team still has found a way to stay above us. And we're back to a three game deficit. I think it would take a lot of steam out of this momentum right now, Gino. And that's why I say, I think the, the pressure might be a little bit more on the Dodgers because they're the ones supposed to be there, man. If I, I think, Whoever come, if either team were to come out of this weekend and sweep, that would just, that would, I, I do think that would crush the other team. I think where we are, and right, actually, if you're the giant, I think if you're the Giants and you don't get swept, you actually feel fine. They just have to, even if they lose two out of three, and they come out of the weekend and they're still within a couple games. I think if you come into this game. And the Giants probably feel a little bit better because they won today. They were struggling. And it was 1-1 today in the eighth inning. If they would have lost this game and been like a full game behind the Dodgers going into that series. And then you're – now at least they, they won today. So they got a little of that funk off of them from the last few days where they were struggling. If they if they go in and on Friday they win. They got de- they got the, the, probably the better of the pitching matchup there right off the bat. Although the Dodgers have lit up De Scalafini a couple times this year. They absolutely toasted him one time that I can remember. I, I, I got to look it up because he, he got crushed in that game. But uh, he, he has, a, has yet had a good game or two against them. I do know that too. But if the Giants win two of three, the Dodgers are probably a little frustrated, but they're still okay because it's just a game behind. If the Giants sweep, the Dodgers are going to be – I don't think they catch them. And if the Giants get swept, I think they go, crap. We did everything we could, and now we're and we and we're now three games. But I, I just don't know if they are going to have enough life the rest of the way. This could be such a catalyst for them if they just come out of this series and they don't lose all three. 
if they win two of the three, or even if they just win one, they got to still feel like, okay, we hit our rough patch. We're still around. We got a few weeks. We can do it. Any team that, yeah, I, I feel like if either team mops the floor with the other, that might just suck the life out of. Well, the, recent the, history has kind of shown us that this uh, within this series, you know, three game winning streaks is not uncommon within or, this series, within this season, even. Even on the road. Even on the road. Or, or vice versa. You go versa, to each other's place and you doesn't matter. Uh, hand out the return the favor uh, on the road. That's happened quite a bit. As Dodgers much as we'd all love too. it to be, you know, three straight, three to two ball games, two to one ball games, five, four ball games, down to the wire every single game, that just kind of necessary. That's not necessarily what we're going to get. Okay. So very interested to see who strikes first tomorrow. Uh, this the Giants have the best opportunity to win tomorrow, in my opinion. I agree. Out of those three games, yep. right? You yeah. win tomorrow, and then you hope for a split in the next two games. I think you're feeling pretty good it's that 20? you're still one game up. And like you said, whoever takes two out of three, because that's the most likely scenario, is a two out of three. Then um, either way, on Monday morning, we're talking about one of those teams being one back and right there in the race. Yeah, exactly. It's just if you if you're three back. At the end of this week, at the end of this weekend, and you're now down into what? There would be 25 games left, you know, and you don't have any more games against each other. So exactly. then that would hurt for whoever's chasing. Because what's nice about this has been this has been a great series for the Dodgers to look forward to all along. Because in the back of your heads, you were always going, "Okay, we have three against them. So if we're within that, at least we can control our own destiny at this point." And so now both teams are. Are in that situation and it's funny Because it feels to me Like the Friday game just Based on what we know from from the Pitching matchups now the Friday games feels even Bigger than the whole series to me Because if the Giants win that if they lose That Friday game and they go Uh oh we had This is the game that on paper we Actually had the advantage and now we're going to Be going out with probably a couple Bullpen games And the Dodgers are going to have you know, Bueller and Urias set up like you're, they're not going to feel good about that. You know, no. that game is so huge for them. Just like you said, you get that win and then you feel like, okay, now we got two games. And if we win one of them, wow, that's like, we feel really good about ourselves now. Exactly. Right. And look, um, David Price actually pitched pretty well, so yes. I'm not yes. going to make it seem like he's uh, the easy win, no, but no, out of those three guys, you know, he's the guy that you're going to have yeah. to bat around a little bit if you're going to want to win the series. You're not going to win the series winning on Saturday and Sunday if you don't win tomorrow. That's my prediction. Get, you got to get him out, too, because, you know, he's not going to go more than 75 pitches or so, you know. So he'll he'll have to get through five or six efficiently. If you, if you make him work early, you make him, you know, then you get into their bullpen. Then you get into the bullpen a little bit even more. And then you really get you try to get the Dodgers behind. Then you, you force them to even, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, if something happens and they have to get into the bullpen early, that bullpen's already taxed. So, you know, getting him working, you know, making him work. I think there was a, a stretch for three and a half games where the Giants only scored three runs. And they only had one coming into the eighth inning today before they you know they they ended up uh, I think scoring four and, and winning five to one, but oh man it's it's fun I got to say it's it's exciting especially obviously the Dodgers have been chasing so it's exciting to be here but it's really cool to have a big series like this against your rival in September. We're in well, September. Well, I was just going to ask you, Gino, and I wish we had you know 
uh, our small little team here. I wish we had another individual who could just look up stats for us and that type of thing. Elias Sports Bureau, here we come. I would love to know, have the Dodgers and Giants, dating back to Brooklyn, New York, days, ever finished with the top two records in the league? I don't think it's happened since either team has been on the West Coast. No. One, two. Because even when the Giants were won the, the World Series and they've been good, they, they weren't like the best team in the league those years. They weren't like the dominant team, and neither were no. the Dodgers. They were. They so were. I'd teams. be very curious in the history of this uh, of baseball. Have they yeah. have L.A. and San Francisco ever lined up as one two? Man, it's crazy. And um, you and I were having a conversation uh, back and forth, texting the other day. And I remember it was last week and the last two weeks when we were looking at a lot of those Dodger, those weird things about the Dodgers that just don't, didn't add up for a good team. And you were really pointing them out. Because they, they're hard to look past. And it's like, why are the Dodgers so bad in extra inning games? This doesn't make any sense. In extra inning games, the Dodgers are, you know, like one in 12. Well, now it's weird. They've won, you know, three three extra inning games in a row that they played. Um, the Dodgers in close games, in one-run games, they were, you know, like 14 and 21 or something like that. The Dodgers have won eight consecutive games that were decided by one run. Um, it, we were looking at their record against good teams versus bad teams. And, the, and what's funny is all of these stats that I was mentioning, they're all related. Because you figure the teams that you play that are good, the games are going to probably be closer. And then those games are probably more likely to go into extra innings. You know, just it doesn't always work out that way. But just, you know, common sense wise, you think that. The Dodgers have now won six straight versus opponents that are over five uh, with a record over 500. <laughs> like all of those things in the last two weeks that were so off that I couldn't even explain. We were just like, this has to even out, right? And they did. So here, here's the funny thing baseball over the course of 162, <laughs> probably the best like example that you could look at. It is. Let's just start from an individual basis is Big Poppy. He was notoriously a very bad April player. Always got off to a very slow start every single year. I'd be very surprised if he hit two, more than 250 and three home runs in April any year in his career. But somehow, some way, always evened out. But by the end of the year, he's still at 30 home runs, 100 plus RBIs, and a 309 batting average. One thing that, by the way, he doesn't get enough credit for is his high batting average. Um, the guy was almost a 290 lifetime hitter, hit above 300 a bunch of times. And the uh, maybe his first couple of years with Minnesota, I think, weighed it down because he was batting like 234 or something like that. But the guy was a 300 hitter for much, much of his career. And always at the end of the year, Just after no. 162, evens out. And my point is that happens also with the team, even more so with the team. It averages mm -hmm. out to be where it's supposed to be. Now, I think by the end of the year, we're going to probably look at it and be like, those numbers weren't great. No, they, they weren't as good as they should have been. Exactly. But they, they got back to more normal. And, and I'm more interested in recent history, you know, what happens in August and, and September yeah, than I am in April and, and May. Anyways. Especially when these games matter like they are for them, right? Exactly. Like it's not like a September where, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's weird because the Dodgers have been in the opposite situation many times. It's hard to do kind of what like the White Sox are going to do right now for the next month. You're in a weird spot. You've got 25 games left. You've been up 
10 games in the division the entire year, it feels like, right? Like from the very beginning. And so now you're in a – you know, it's like the, the football team that's clinched, which is great. You don't – you always would rather be in that spot than not. But you get weird. It's like you start sitting players here and there because you don't want guys to get hurt. People kind of get out of their flow. There's no real like meaningful games for like a month that really matter. You know, maybe you're playing for like home, you know, field advantage in a certain spot here or there. But it's just it's it's weird. It's it's kind of fun to be in the situation. And, and, and I struck it's, it was it was frustrating as a Laker fan, too. But it was fun. It's 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 good when those games at the end mean a little bit more, you know, and well, that's we, good. in terms of divisions, really, the only division right now that was that's undecided uh, aside from the Giants and Dodgers, obviously, is the NL East. And that's only I think every other game? division at least is. You know, a five game plus. Well, I guess four and a half for the Astros mm-hmm. and the A's, but we're talking seven for the Rays. They're in good shape heading into the no home race. stretch here, right? The Brewers are ten up. Uh, the White Sox, as you mentioned, so uh, there's going to be a lot of management of September as to how you're going to perform in the yes, postseason, right? Right. So that's that's where like, a good manager is going to be gonna... careful when you're betting some of these games, you know, because yes. you don't know intentions all the time or like even some of these good teams, they might have days where they're just like, OK, I'm going to pack it in and, and I'm not going to use our best relievers today because a, a loss here hurts us way less than Josh Hader getting hurt. You know, of course, something like that. So of just course. and also keep in mind, too, when you mention wagering. Take a look at some of the guys, the quote-unquote no-name guys that they're bringing up just for a little bit of development. A lot of good teams are good because they've got a lot of really strong players that are on the verge of making it. You know, like the Dodgers over the last few years. You know, you bring up some unknown catcher, Will Smith, unless you're a really, really hardcore Dodger fan and follow their minor league system, might not know who he is. You know, come up and hit some home runs in September or a Verdugo or year after year, there's guys that come up that can make a difference. And so a lot of times you kind of assume, well, they're going to be resting a lot of their starters. Just take a look and see who are the guys that are coming up. Are they worthy of being there? Is this because they are just making it tough on the team to make a decision as Mm -hmm. to the future because they're that good? Or is it just, you know, we uh, we don't have a lot of great minor league players, so our September call-ups, which have changed dramatically this year in terms of the rules for September call-ups, um, but sometimes it just given even like a triple-A player a, a congratulations. You've been doing this till you're 32 years old. You had a nice season. You know, you, you deserve a call-up. You see what I'm saying? It's Hungry. really, really yep. different. Yeah. Um, but, Gino, we have a lot of NFL to talk about. Let's take so a break. I was watching some Red Sox. Break. Your Red Sox are up one nothing uh, right now, heading into. Uh, I just saw them uh, going. Now it's going to go to the bottom half of this. Yeah, inning, so. I, I think they, if they win this game, uh, winning two feel, in a row against the Rays, they'll feel good. Uh, but look, they're right now they're positioning for uh, for the wild card. Yep, it's them, the Yankees, and the A's for two spots. That's what it's going to come exactly down to right. over the next twenty five plus games. Exactly right. And the record is still really good. I mean, very I think good. Be- They've been playing good. They went. They had their lull. I think they're going to steady out now. It's yeah. Just, those are just three good teams. Those just might be three good teams playing for two spots. I think we all want to see a Yankees Red Sox game. That everybody wants to see. Collision that course. The- I think we're everyone. headed to that. And by the way, Chris Sale has been lights out. I do want to correct myself. Awesome. I like how Will Bond and uh, uh, 
Kornheiser at the end of their show, always do the errors and omissions and mistakes or whatever. Um, I said last week that Sale had not given up a run. That was just in the outing that I had just seen. Uh, there was an up, one outing where he gave up two runs. So I apologize for the mistake. I thought he had given up zero. He'd given up two at the time that I said it. Uh, that is my correction. Let's take a quick commercial break, Gino, and we'll come back and go NFL the rest of the way out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show. We are about to shift into NFL now. And yeah, hey, by the way, have you... Has, um, that's what G said. Did, have you done your football preview yet? It's funny. I actually recorded it yesterday, and I will be releasing it. It'll be out by tomorrow morning, and it's going to so, be a lot of the same, a lot of similar stuff. What we're doing right here, where I had a guest on, we went uh, through each division, starting in the AFC. We went, we picked our division winners for each, um, and we talked about, you know, is anyone worth betting? We looked at what some of the odds are for each to win each division, and then we made predictions. We predicted the uh, the wild card teams, and then we picked our uh, our Super Bowl matchups. And we looked at some of the Super Bowl future odds. Good stuff. So today will be a Cliff Notes version where we're going to run through it. If you want expanded details, you know, more in-depth discussion, tomorrow you know where to go. So let's get to it, Gino. Yeah, let's start in the AFC. Um, I got to say, the last couple years, we have done very, very well between us. It seems like one of us will always have one of the teams. Uh, A couple years ago, you almost nailed the matchup exactly, and... There have always been a couple of the teams that you've sniffed out that you've liked that were really outside the box. Last year, you had the Dolphins and the Raiders and the Cardinals, all who looked like they were going to be playoff teams at one point, and then they all just hit a wall, I think, at the same exact time. So we've done pretty well. And a couple of years ago in gambling, uh, we we did 
in- incredible, actually, like really, really well against the spread. So just had to pat ourselves on the back, and particularly you, because you you definitely and uh, will try to sniff some some that aren't very logical either. So you always got to get some extra points just for trying to go outside the box. I, I couldn't get too cute. In the AFC East this year, um, we just did hear that the Patriots released Cam. The Bills are minus 150 favorite to win the division. The Dolphins are plus 330. Patriots plus 360. The Jets at 1600. Um, I think it's going to be the Bills. They were so good offensively last year, and they look like they're going to be humming. I think this is a great passing offense. The Bill, I, I like the Bills in the East. Do you do you buy into their uh, running backs? No, not at all. And I don't, I don't either. Not at all. I think they're just backs. I don't think they're special at all. I think no, they're. Honestly, I thought Devin Singletary was going to be something, but uh, I don't know if it, and even Moss doesn't. Yeah. I thought Moss would be a little bit more. Um, they, I honestly, they're just guys to take some of the beating off of Josh Allen, so he doesn't have to run it up the middle all the time. But that's probably where they're best when the ball's in his hands and they're running. I just don't, and I don't think they're even going to try. Last year they would get stubborn sometimes and really, really try to, you know, get that balance. I don't. If you're a highly efficient offense, we've we've seen this with now with some teams, sort of like the Patriots through their years, and and with the uh, like with the Chiefs, they can run when they have to at some points. But for the most part, they use that short passing game as like the running game. And if you have a Josh Allen who can run himself, kind of get yourself out of it. I just I don't love anybody else in the division all that much. Too, I think they're probably in a pretty good spot because Patriots will probably have some growing pains. I had them at like a 500 team. I had the Dolphins like. Probably right around there too, maybe a little under 500. It's still sort of young, figuring things out. Love their coaching staff, and um, the Jets just, you know, they they they're they're young. They'll be better. They'll be feistier. Uh, they, anyone when you get rid of Gase, you're going to be better. We we know this, but uh, they're they're still I think a little ways away. Okay, so I am going to get cute right out of the gate here. Nice. I think the Dolphins take the next step forward. They're going to have a top five defense in the NFL. And when you look at the offense, okay. I am a big-time critic of Tua, so I'm going to get that out of the way. But I think the way that they're going to utilize him is going to be in a manner where it highlights his strengths and minimizes his weaknesses, and he's got the offensive playmakers to be able to do so. Look at that receiving core. He's got a Rookie of the Year candidate in Jalen Waddell. They brought in Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, great tight end in Mike Gusecki. And Miles Gaskin, we saw last year, he, he had his open tryout, and he really, really did well. He was banged up a little bit towards the end of the year, but he had a fantastic season overall. Very unexpected good season. I think that with the top five defense is enough to win that division, Gino. I don't buy into the uh, running game for the Bills. Now, a lot of people are asking, is there going to be a regression for Josh Allen? No, I don't think so. I think he's actually a really, really good NFL quarterback. He's probably yeah. a top Top and five I, I was wrong on him coming out. He's so much better than I ever thought he would be. Way better than I ever thought he was He was coming out. So I got to give him the credit. I think he's going to be good. I like Stephon Diggs, but I think the running game is lacking when you need it most in December and January. I'm going to go Miami winning the division. Buffalo is a wild card team. And uh, a New England team that's going to be better than people think. Yeah, I don't think they'll uh, be bad. But they're going to barely be they're going to be edged out i think mm-hmm. they're going to be like an eight and eight team they're going to play a lot more competitively than people realize and the uh, jets who are improved but they are going to be where they belong which is in the cellar i have them just on the outside of the playoff the patriots there my only concern with miami a couple things you mentioned tua yeah i just 
I, I don't love him. He needs to take a big step forward. And their offensive line too. Like they're young and they want they they are trying to get better. But I've been disappointed even in in one of my USC boys from over there, Jackson. They just they haven't they haven't looked good. So if if, if they don't have a great offensive line and if Tua struggles, I'm worried about about their offense. Even with I agree with you, they have a lot of nice pieces and not a, a lot of nice playmakers there on the offensive side. Their defense is very good. The only thing that concerns me is they they got. A lot of those, like, pick six return for a touchdown last year, fumble return for a touchdown, those are just really efficient things that are kind of hard to replicate. So I think they could still be an awesome defense and maybe just not even be as good as they were last year because they had such a like an absurd like uh, takeaway percentage. But the Dolphins will be a fun team. I um, I just don't yeah, I don't really love any of the teams in this division quite that much. As we move to the North, a division that I do love. I think there are two legitimate Super Bowl contenders in this division. There is one team that I do not like at all. That's generally very good. I think Pittsburgh is going to be bad. I think they're going to drop back. I don't like their offensive line at all i'm worried about big ben and i think their defense isn't quite as good as they were at the beginning of last year uh the browns and the ravens i feel like are both very good teams i I think the browns the browns might have as complete of a roster as any team in the league besides tampa now that doesn't mean that they're the second best team in the league but if you just look at every unit on their team they are not very weak. There's like one or two spots on the defensive side, like in the linebacker spots. But if you look at every Browns have a great offensive line, really great running backs, very solid wide receivers. Baker is at least an average to above average quarterback in the top half of the league. And then on the defensive side, the defensive front. Now they've got uh, Garrett and Clowney in the backfield. They added what was their, their weakness was their safeties and their secondary. They added Johnson. They got Ward back there now too. They're literally strong almost everywhere up the middle on defense a little bit. My only reason why I don't have them like winning a, they have got a tough schedule this year. The Browns do, um, but I, I think they're going to be really good. I think the Ravens are going to be really good. They're, they're both teams that are like close to fifteen to one to win the Super Bowl. If you want to play a, a little flyer on on them. I think that's pretty fair price on either one of them. I think the Ravens are like 14 and the Browns are like 16. Those are two that I might think. And I do not like Pittsburgh at all this year. Uh, Bengals will be fine. Burrow will be better. They're they're feisty. They're moving in the right direction, but they're still not not quite even close to being there. I think you you said everything that needs to be said about the Browns. So I'm not going to spend any more time on that because I also have them as the division winner in spite of Baker Mayfield, who you all know I am not a huge fan of, but I applaud how they utilized him last year. I think they were able to effectively highlight his strengths, minimize his weaknesses. That's going to be a very common saying for me today. Uh, But underneath, I think, is where we're going to differ a little bit. I actually think that Pittsburgh and Baltimore are going to be neck and neck. My concern with Baltimore is I think they lack the depth needed. We already saw the first uh, casualty in uh, Dobbins go down at the running back position. It's terrible. Hope he comes back fully healthy. Uh, I do like Gus Edwards, but I think they lack depth all the way up and down their roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to come down to the last week or two. Maybe I'm sure they have a matchup head-to-head. I haven't looked, but whoever wins that game is going to go between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So I've got Pittsburgh actually as my second wildcard team, believe it or not. They're going to get that slot. Baltimore third, Cincinnati rounds out that division. We move along to the South. I think this is the worst division in football um, this year. 100% Um, agree. I think the Titans, and what's funny is, 
the Titans might actually be because of that a sneaky Super Bowl play because they're twenty five to one to win it all. And if they if I, I look at this division, the Colts already have a ton of injuries and then COVID stuff that they've been dealing with. Uh, Carson uh, Wentz has been taking like no snaps at all. I can't imagine. When's he even do back? I, I I don't know. And then it, it, to, I, he was talking a little bit today, but he. I think the the end of the week, if he continues to take the negative test, he can come back. But I mean, he had he was hurt, and then the he had protocols to deal with on top of that. So he hasn't been able to take any snaps. Their backup is really unproven. T.Y. Hilton got hurt. One of the best offensive linemen has been in the game has been banged up. Like I don't like a lot. I I liked them coming into this year as a team that could battle for the division. I just don't like anything I hear about the way their season has started and coming into it. So. You know the Jags aren't going to be aren't going to be good. They're going to be growing and and you know they're going to be learning. And Houston, if you tell me Houston doesn't win a game, I won't be. I, that doesn't surprise me. It, it, they may not. They they may win two or three games. They got a couple against the Jags, and they don't have the most difficult schedule in the world. So there are a couple winnable games on there. I think by process of elimination, you just end up going to to the Titans and think about. So if you, if you think they're going to win the division. By, by you know process of elimination, just kind of the way that I feel. And you look around, the Titans are the kind of team that can beat any team on any given day, but probably lose to any team on any given day. Now they added a second wide receiver. Their offense is very, very good. If they improve at all on defense and they get to kind of cruise through a really weak division, which would give them a home game and and put them in you know a good spot where they may not have to have to face one of the tougher teams, that could... If you told me they could, they were matching up with a Baltimore team. We've seen them beat Baltimore already in the playoffs before. You know, Kansas City. They had Kansas City early in the game by the, you know, by the ropes, and, and Kansas City came all the way back. So they're a team that's funny that I didn't love. I don't know if I even love them all that much as a team, but I look at the situation they're in. They feel pretty well spotted this year to have like a twelve-win season. Yeah, weakest division. 100% agree about that. They added Julio, did they not? Julio Jones. Julio, and you uh, put him? That's an unbelievable one-two. Unbelievable one-two punch. Offensive side with that, and then yeah. the running backs. You can't you can't guard, you can't pack the back, uh, you know, pack seven, and then try to guard those two guys one-on-one. No. You're and, in trouble and, there. And, yeah, and they've got two actually pretty good uh, blocking tight ends. One of them is a decent receiver in uh, Finkser and uh, Jeff Swaim. I think they've got some pretty good offensive weapons for Tannehill. And look, uh, Tannehill in Miami was a bust. Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. But he's not a bust in the NFL because he had to get a change of scenery. He had to have a team where he had a really, really good running game to allow him to be able to play his game best. We've seen it in Tennessee. I buy into Tannehill now. And um, I think he's got a lot of really, really good weapons. Should not be very difficult. It's an easy pick. Tennessee on the top, at the top. Nobody else goes to the playoffs out of this division. If we're going to slot them, Indy 2, Jacksonville 3, Houston 4th. We get to the final AFC division, the AFC West, which I think that both of the Western divisions are probably the two best divisions in football this year. I think they're both going to be really, really good. Um, and in particular, I actually like the Broncos not to win the division, but as a playoff team this year. I think they're a little sneaky. I saw a stat that Warren Sharp posted about Teddy Bridgewater last year, and Teddy's going to be uh, starting for them. Teddy, last year, when starting, the schedule that he had when in playing for Carolina, 
they played against the number one most difficult pass defenses. This year, Denver is slated to play against the number one easiest schedule of pass defenses. That's kind of interesting because I don't think Teddy is great, but I don't think he's that bad. I think he's kind of a serviceable quarterback. He fits really well for a Denver team that plays really good defense, has a good home field advantage, and they actually have a really good underrated wide receiver group. I don't think people realize how good Cortland Sutton is because he was hurt last year. Jerry Judy's very good. KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. That's four capable wide receivers. A lot of people think Noah Fant's ready to take the next step as a uh, as a tight end, and they've got two pretty good backs there. Melvin Gordon's pretty underrated. Uh, Javante Williams comes in. A lot of people are high on him. I look at their schedule. Some of the teams that Denver plays this year, at the Giants, at Jacksonville, the Jets, that's their first three games. I mean, those are three winnable games. They play Baltimore at home. They play at Pittsburgh. They got a couple games with the Raiders. You know, Washington, Dallas, Philly, those are winnable games. Um you know, towards the end of the season, it might be a little bit more difficult when you've got Kansas City a couple times in there, but they've got Detroit and Cincinnati at home. This team can get the 10 wins. I got the Denver Broncos in the playoffs. I do still think the Chiefs win the division, and I think the Chargers can actually have, be a wild card here. I don't even think the Raiders are bad. I just think the Raiders are in a tough spot because they're going to be playing against, uh, you know, tough competition all the time. I think we could get three playoff teams out of this division, Mike. I like the... the- the AFC West as well. I think it's a overall a very, very good division. Kansas City is going to win the division. I have the Chargers as the wildcard team. They're my second-ranked team in that division. I think they're going to take a step forward. They closed really strong last season with a four-game winning streak, I believe, to end the year. Got some good momentum going into this year. You got to figure their young quarterback is feeling good about himself. The team's feeling good about the young quarterback in of themselves. And he clearly asserted himself as the man in L.A., so I'm going to take the Chargers to finish second and get that wild card spot. I like your reasoning for Denver. I just, my main issue with them goes back to a couple of years ago, something you heard me say a lot, the coaching staff. I don't think that they're offensively minded enough no, not at all. to be not able at to all. take advantage. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be their big problem um, at Denver. And I think their defense might be okay, might be a little bit overrated, um, but... Yeah, I mean, I like the weapons. And by the way, I have Javante Williams as uh, one of my uh, Rookie of the Year candidates. Uh, We'll give out a Rookie of the Year prediction if we've got time before the end of the show. But um, I really like him quite a bit. I think he's really solid. And all the reasons you said, Cortland Sutton, et cetera. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy wins. It should be Teddy winner. I mean, his winning record, uh, his career record is a winning record. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's much better than people would even uh, suspect. Um, I think uh, the Chargers, Austin Eckler, I think he's going to have a really nice year. Um, So toss up between Denver and the Raiders. I don't think either of them is going to be terrible. I don't think either of them is going to be great. We're probably looking at a couple of teams that are battling for uh, 500 there, seven to nine, eight and eight to round up that division. Let's take a commercial timeout, Gino, and we'll come back and go over the NFC and make our final predictions. Stay with us. We will be right back with more NFL Talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. 
The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the com. Now, back to this week's program. We head on over to the NFC. NFC East is where we'll kick things off and the Dallas Cowboys are the slight favorite to win this division, but I think the second and third choices in this division are actually going to be good teams this year. I think this is going to be a lot better division than it's been where people have been laughing at it the last couple of years. And, and last year, everybody was making fun of the NFC least. I like Washington quite a bit. Washington's defense and their defensive front is excellent. They're really, really good. Remember, Washington was as close to Tampa last year as any team throughout the playoffs. They are a a well-coached team. I like their staff. I like their defense. And offensively now, um, I like their backfield. And I really think Terry McLaren is a legitimate number one. And you give him Fitzpatrick, somebody who can actually throw the ball and stretch it downfield – Fitzpatrick isn't the greatest quarterback in the world, but if you put him in a good spot, he can move the ball and do what you need. So I think Washington actually has a chance to win this division. I picked them to win the East. I think the Giants and Dallas are both going to be battling for wild card spots because I actually think they'll both be 500 above 500 to above 500 teams. Uh, but I'm going to lean Washington and I'll lean on that defense. I think you handicapped it perfectly. I really like Washington's defense quite a bit. And, hey, Fitzpatrick has been very more than serviceable. You know, mm-hmm. the guy is a winner, and he gives it his all. Um, and that's all you could ask for from a quarterback. Um, he, he can be a little bit of a gun gunslinger when needed. He can uh, use his legs when needed. And um, I think he is going to give them enough to win that division. I think Dallas, let's see what Dak does. Um, I just, I just got a little bit worried, uh, you know, in some of the preseason stuff too, you know, it's just, that's, those injuries are tough sometimes. And he's got to be kind of like, he has to be Dak level for them to be really good. And if he's not, we saw what happened last year when when he's not around. No, you're exactly right. And here's the thing. I'm a little bit concerned about Zeke. Uh, I don't feel that Zeke is, that we're ever going to see the Zeke of old. Uh, I think he's already peaked out. That's my opinion. I think they've got a a, a pretty good uh, backup in uh, Pollard or a number two in Pollard that can uh, pick up the slack a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's got a good receiving core. 
got the weapons, really good O-line. I think that's enough to put Dallas in second. Uh, the New York Giants, man, I feel bad for Saquon because we're going to look back and say his first year was his best year. Uh, and then uh, we're going to round out the division with the Eagles Philly in could be the bad. cellar. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they're bad. kind of a mess. Let's get to the North. This is probably one of the divisions that I think I'm like least interested in. Um, and I don't really know. I don't. I don't get a good feel for anyone. I'm not high on the Lions. They're they're not very good. Period. Uh, the Bears, y- you know, like if, if if Fields is good, then maybe they have a little bit more of an upside than 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 they're projected to have. I don't really like the Vikings this year, and and you know you, you look at this like very much. I look through their schedule, and I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Like I like a lot of their pieces on offense. Defensively, I'm I'm concerned. And then Green Bay, I don't really love what happened with everything heading into the year. I'm kind of curious, like if if Aaron Rodgers just kind of goes into fu mode this year, you know, like in 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 which which way does he kind of like if you know game if they're getting if they're down three touchdowns in a game, are we going to see him care so much to get all the way back for this team and organization that he may not be all that into anymore? Or is it the opposite? Like, is he going to be out there calling audibles and just like doing whatever he wants in a good way, being like, I'm smarter than you. And just like, we're seeing him show everybody, look, this is what I can do. And like really try to prove himself. I think doesn't matter because they can still not be as good. And I, they'll, they still feel like they're just a lot better than the rest of this division. Cause I don't love them. So I I'm boring here with the Packers. Yeah, I'm boring with the Packers as well. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have bad seasons. And he's always going to keep your team competitive no matter what. They've got a lot of offensive playmakers. Um, There's nobody else in that division that I think brings enough to be worthy of a, you know, even a a hope for, for the playoffs. I hate to say that. But, you know, Minnesota, because they've got some good receivers in, you know, one of the top backs, you know, they'll uh, they'll be in some games second, I guess, followed by Detroit. I think Chicago's in the cellar. You know, people talk about their great defense. What great defense? They shut down Detroit a couple of times last year. I don't know. Uh, I'm not that into their uh, vision, their plan, how they're constructing this roster. The quarterback shuffle that's there year in, year out, no continuity. That's a roundup of the North. It's a very boring roundup, Gino. Yeah, in, in the uh, NFC South, here's one of my sneak teams this year. Now, another team that I think can make the playoffs. I don't have them winning the division. Tampa's got a, an unbelievable roster, and they've got everybody coming back. And they didn't get a training camp last year. <laughs> they should. They might be even just flowing better than they were this year. They got really on a roll at the end of the season. So as long as Brady's healthy, they're just going to be very tough. I like the Carolina Panthers this year quite a bit. Um, and this isn't just like a Sam Darnold thing because you actually know I've never really been that high on Sam Darnold. I, no, you have very From the very beginning when he came out, I thought he was an excellent college player and a very good leader, but he's always had like small hands. He's turned the ball over a lot. I wasn't sure if he would be your franchise guy. And I, I don't think he can be a franchise guy, but I think him coming into this situation where he's going to have something to prove. I love the coaching staff at Carolina so much more than where he just was. It reminds me of the situation that Tannehill was kind of in, you know, a guy that people maybe just gave up on. And it's not like he's going to come back and be the best quarterback in the league, but he can just be serviceable. You put him in an offense that's going to be built around McCaffrey anyways, and you have a nice safety valve there. If you need to check down to someone, you can go to the best pass catching back, you know, in the league right now. 
And their defense, they really drafted young for defense last year. And they focused on young pieces on the defensive end. And those guys get beat up for a little bit. And then they grow. This team was in a lot of close games last year. And they just, they they would, the end of the game, turnover or a late, you know, a, a late like gaff of some sort. Their schedule too. They start out with the Jets. And then they get the Saints at home. I don't think the Saints are going to be quite as good. Then they get at the Texans. They could either be 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh through the first three weeks. Then they go at Dallas. Okay. You got Philly, Minnesota, the Giants, the Falcons, the Patriots, the Cardinals, Washington, Miami. There are no monsters through their first 12 games. Then they have to play Tampa twice in you know towards the in the last five weeks but they could already have gained some momentum i think they're a sneaky team i have them as a wild card in the playoffs i have tampa winning this division and i think the saints probably be a little under 500 i'm just so concerned about their receiving now without the we know that michael thomas is now on the pup list he's not going to be back till at least week six i think which would be five games through that for them and uh, their tight end situation they're banged up there too so i'm a little worried Tampa wins the division. They are stacked. They're so stacked, I kind of have to wonder, why, why didn't we see it last year? That was a, a big miss uh, on my part going into the season. I think a lot of it probably was not believing in Brady. I'm just going to come out and be honest about it. Outside of the Belichick system. He proved me wrong. They're a stacked team. Brady is excellent. He is the best. Um Here's the thing. I actually, and I'm going to use the word love. I love Jameis Winston this year. Yes, you heard it right. I love Jameis Winston this yeah. year. I think he was able to. Who does um, he throw to? That I I That's hear the you. problem. I love. I agree. I like him. If he I had Michael he Thomas and all the guys from last year, I would really like him. No, I hear you, man. Look, from what I hear, the guy learned so much from Breeze and from the coaching staff that I really think that he is going to minimize the mistakes. And look, you're talking about weapons. Okay, so you got Kamara and Latavius Murray in the backfield, right? And that's going to help open some things up. Marquez Callaway isn't bad. Traquan Smith isn't bad. And whenever you get Michael Thomas back, you mentioned the tight ends. They're very high on Adam Troutman. Now, I don't have them as a playoff team, by the way. Uh, but that I got up that. a little bit the other day too, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I have not got an update on that one. Um, That's what I mean. Like he was—I know they're high on him as a tight end, but he got banged up. And then the Thomas knew. I'm just worried about. There's like a couple. I, I just don't know offensively if they're going to have enough pieces there. Um, I, I'm concerned. I'm definitely. Well, concerned. either way, I don't have them as a playoff team. Uh, and as so you just, know, just I've had Tampa them from as this a division for you. I'm sorry. Just Tampa from this division for you coming just out? Just Tampa, the then followed by New Orleans, who's going to be close, but they're not going to make it. They just, they're just too talented at so many other positions, especially defensively. Uh, followed by Carolina, a much improved Carolina. I agree with you. And then the uh, Falcons. By so, the way, I have not awarded a single wild card team yet. Yeah, and there might be a few coming in this division because we've got the uh, NFC West, which is an awesome division again. On paper, we've got uh, the San Francisco 49ers there. They're a slight favorite to win the division at plus 190. Then the Rams plus 200, Seattle plus 280, the Cardinals plus 600. I think with uh, this division, I have three playoff teams here out of the seven making the playoffs on the NFC side. I think the Seattle Seahawks, the Rams, and 
the 49ers all probably make the playoffs here. It's going to be between the 49ers and the da- and Dallas is sort of my last spot. I have the Rams slightly winning the division. I think they're top heavy and they're with the addition of Stafford helps them. And uh, where do you go for the NFC West? The whole division goes. That's great. The it whole would- division goes. This is this is definitely the best uh, division in, in football, in my opinion. And remember last year, there was one point in time where it looked like you could have three teams that were 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. You know, Arizona got banged up at the end of the year and, and they started crumbling. Um, but the Rams, the Seahawks, they all look kind of like dead heating for the same record. I think we're going to see that in a big, big way this year. I mean, there could be like... I don't know if it's mathematically possible for all of them to finish like 10 and six or 11 and five because they play one another. But I think that we're going to see that type of thing out of this division. And I think that Arizona takes a step forward and just wins just enough games. They could take advantage of a little bit easier of a schedule than the two above them to get the division followed by Seattle, San Francisco and the Rams. And I'm not saying Rams are seller. I'm saying that they are going to be, tied to the same record with the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be an incredible end of the year for the NFC West. The one last could be first, first could be last, but they're all right there. I don't really believe in Kingsbury. I've been so disappointed with him as a coach from his his in-game management, the decisions, when to kick, when to go for it. When to, he just seems a little overwhelmed. Well, talent-wise, we'll see if they can take a step forward. We only have a couple minutes left. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from the AFC. Uh, I've got Bills, Browns, Titans, Chiefs, Ravens, Chargers, and Broncos as my playoff teams. Give me the Browns coming out of the AFC. In the NFC, I've got Washington, the Packers, Tampa, the Rams. I've got Seattle, Carolina, and probably the 49ers as my teams. And I think Tampa is going to be tough again, so I'll go Browns, Tampa. And But I do legitimately think the Rams um, do have a shot, if they can stay healthy, to be one of the best teams in the uh, in the NFC. Mike, couple minutes left. Give us some of your playoff teams and your Super Bowl. So AFC, the East division winner, Miami, Cleveland, Tennessee, Kansas City. Those are the division winners. Wild cards will be Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and the LA Chargers. In the NFC, Washington, Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona win the division. The wild card teams all hail from the NFC West, Seattle, San Francisco, LA Rams. AFC championship game, Kansas City over Miami. And the NFC Championship game, Tampa over Seattle. We're going to get a very rare NFL rematch, Kansas City versus Tampa, with Kansas City winning this time. Kansas City will be the Super Bowl winner. Uh, Long shots along the way, favorites at the end. There we go, Uh, Mike. It was we got there. We got through everything quickly. I will. I I told you and we I talked before. I'm gonna be gone for probably a few months. Um, I have uh, some other work stuff happening, so I have to be doing some live streams leading up to the Thursday night games. But I'll be touching base with you. We'll got we'll have our fantasy leagues, and I'll be back once uh, towards the end of the NFL season. But um, anything that you need ever, just let let me know, and I'll uh, always be happy to help you out. But you got a slew of incredible NFL guests. They're gonna be filling in uh, over the next couple months. So that. That should be fun, and I look forward to listening uh, to all of the episodes as soon as I'm done with my show. As always, thank you, Gino. We're going to miss you during your uh, time away. We'll give information as to where Gino is uh, on Thursdays, so you can check him out. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.